and you are very welcome back to the Ireland Canada Connection, an original podcast series brought to you by the Ireland Canada Business Association. I'm Patrick Hawhey, and in this episode, I'm joined by Director of Investment Strategy at Barclays Private Bank, Henk Potts. Henk gives us an overview of the outlook for the global economy. He talks specifically about how Canada and Ireland are performing and what opportunities and challenges are coming down the tracks. And we discuss falling inflation, a looming European recession, and the opportunities for investors in the current market. Hank, you are very welcome to the Ireland-Canada Connection. Before we get to your outlook for the global economy and and a couple of specific countries as well, could you start by maybe describing your role within Barclays? Sure. Well, great to be with you. I'm Hank Potts. I'm Director of Investment Strategy for Barclays Private Bank. So my job is to really guide clients through the turmoil of the global economy and financial markets, talk about some of the risks and some of the opportunities as we see it. No doubt, as you would have seen from all the headlines and the dramatic movements we've seen in markets over the course of the past few months, well, even years as well, you can imagine that's been a pretty difficult but a, a testing task and uh, something I enjoy, but it's a uh, it's uh, lots to discuss in, uh, as the world continues to evolve. From a global economy perspective, what is the outlook at the moment? Well, listen, we should remember it's been a turbulent time for the global economy. Growth forecasts have tumbled. Inflation prints have rocketed up to multi-decade highs. And we know the reason for that, of course, the war in Ukraine, surging price pressures, that pronounced slowdown we saw playing out in terms of the Chinese economy during the course of last year, all of which conspired to create this broad-based, globally synchronised slowdown. We think 2023 is set to be another challenging year for the global economy. You've got heightened geopolitical tensions, got the ongoing impact of elevated levels, inflation on consumption, got tighter financial conditions, higher interest rates, of course, and limited fiscal headroom as well. I don't think we should be totally uh, in the arena of doom and gloom however there's still lots to be positive about labor markets still remain very robust household corporate financial balance sheets still look very healthy consumers still have plenty of savings that built up during the course of the pandemic and that's helping to cushion demand service sector has room to recover and we've become much more optimistic around china as its economy reopens as well but given the fact we expect to see a recession in the uk a recession in europe and a lackluster performance from the united states we think it'll be difficult for advanced economies to generate meaningful growth during the course of this year. Now, at a global level, we still expect growth to be positive, coming in around 2.4%, helped by that recovery in China. We think India will be the fastest growing major economy during the course of this year, although we should appreciate it, 2.4%. That would represent the third weakest outturn for the global economy in the past 30 years, outside of those contractions we saw in 2009 and in 2020. Uh, you mentioned inflation there. Inflation has been moderating. Is it, Will it continue to do so, do you believe? I think it will do. Listen, I think the path of inflation will continue to be a really important driver in terms of sentiment, activity, and in terms of policy. We would expect inflation to continue to moderate, partly due to base effects, those year-on-year comparisons, partly due to technical factors, things like fiscal support as governments, particularly in Europe, intervene in energy markets. But what we should already appreciate is high levels of inventory, a relaxation of restrictions and an increase in capacity has already led to a material weakening in terms of goods inflation. Beyond that, we know that higher interest rates will result in a further moderation in terms of demand. I think labour markets will be in better balance over the course of the next couple of years as participation rates 
start to improve. That should take some of the heat out of wage inflation commodities. We think will continue to stabilize as well. So I think the inflation profile will start to ease. To give you some numbers around that, we expect global CPI to average 4.2% during the course of this year, then ease back further during the course of next year to around 2.9%, much better than that 7% surge that we saw during the course of last year. The big question that clients continue to ask us is, where are we in terms of inflation? Well, we think that we're past the point of peak inflation and expect those to continue to moderate. And that should take some of the intensity out of that hiking narrative that's been dominating markets, allow policymakers to orchestrate a softer economic landing and that harsh recession that was once feared. For for people in business, there can be a kind of a frustrating disconnect that they listen to their breakfast business news in the morning and hear falling inflation and that percentage is coming down and we're beyond past peak. Yet the cost of materials, the cost of goods, the cost of certain services seem to rise on the same day. What's driving that disconnect? Is there some sort of a, a significant lag between when we actually see things coming down uh, at the tills? Well, what we've been seeing is a slowing in the rate of inflation. We should remember inflation rates continue to be positive. So price pressures are still there. They're not just as aggressive as we were seeing before. So eventually, central banks would like to see it moving back towards the target level. You want some level of inflation to encourage activity within an economy. Most economies have a 2% target. Of course, it's in much, much higher during the course of this year. And that's been destabilizing economies. So prices are still rising, but not as aggressively. And the hope is they'll return back to that more stable environment somewhere around about 2% over the course of the next couple of years. So you've mentioned that Europe's recession is to be less severe than expected. Yeah, we hope that's to be the case. We have been cautious around Europe. We've been concerned around Europe for energy security concerns, lower levels of household consumption, a reduction in terms of industrial output and lower levels of investment as well. On the plus side, the energy crisis hasn't been as severe as anticipated. We know the impact from the lack of supply of gas coming through from Russia has been offset by the fact that we've had mild weather in the winter. If you look at gas storage facilities, they're still about 80% full, which is much higher than you'd expect at this point of the year. And actually, European officials have done a good job of replacing some of that Russian shortfall with um, by importing liquefied natural gas from around the world. But that doesn't mean it's disappeared overnight. There will be concerns as you look forward to winter 2023-2024, because you probably won't see those facilities as full to start with. So uh, at least in the short term, some of the severity from that energy supply shock has not been as bad as anticipated. Consumer so actually held up better than expected. But our expectation is, given the fact you've got persistent and elevated levels of inflation in the eurozone, given the fact you've got a less resilient labour market, we've got eurozone unemployment getting up to around about 7% at the end of this year, and a decreased willingness from eurozone consumers to dip into their excess savings, we think household consumption will continue to remain under pressure. Inflation has been moderating in the Eurozone. The latest print came in at 8.5%. So some good news there. We think that trend will continue. You've got lower gas and electricity prices. The benefit, as I say, of governments helping to uh, support consumers and businesses by offsetting the impact of some of those higher bills coming through. What we are starting to see in the Eurozone is wage inflation, of course. And that's being driven by increases in minimum wages, being driven by high pay demands coming through from powerful unions. I think that could be driving inflation during the course of this year. 
got eurozone inflation averaging 5%. And I think the central bank will be watching that. We still expect the European Central Bank to come through with a further 50 basis point hike in March, getting the um, deposit rate up to around about 3%. We think they'll be on pause after that, but the risk continues to be skewed to the upside. Is a rising interest rate more likely to keep people not wanting to dip into the savings that they have because they're now going to start getting decent amounts of interest from it? Well, they are getting a return from that. And at least in the short term, that's good news. Although the the real uh, return when you adjust it for inflation is still negative. So I think people should be a little bit careful in relation to that. But it's more the economic uncertainty that you find out there. As soon as people start to feel nervous about the jobs, nervous about the economic outlook, they feel actually instead of... Uh, buying that holiday or or um, buying expensive items cars etc they just hold back believing they may well need that safety net and that stops from household consumption which again infringes upon the growth profile for europe as i say we were expecting a pretty deep recession in Europe at the end of last year for a prediction for this year. I don't think that'll be the case. For the calendar year 2023, we think actually Europe will grow by one-tenth of one percent, but will experience a very mild recession. Does that reluctance to spend have an impact on investment and rates of investment? Are they two different things? I think investment will be under pressure. There's no doubt about that. If you listen to businesses, they're obviously concerned that input costs have been rising. Wages have been rising as well. Financial conditions have tightened, uh, which makes it more expensive when they're borrowing money. And they've got that heightened economic uncertainty as well. And for us, that's going to hold back investment across uh, the eurozone, again, which will be infringing upon growth prospects. Uh, Finally, anything specific that you would like to add in relation to Canada or Ireland from an economic perspective? Well, it's quite interesting, the profile. Canada pretty much fits with what we've been seeing elsewhere. Strong performance, we know, during the course of last year as it went through that recovery phase. Strong domestic demand. It was helped by the commodities boom. And actually, we continue to be pretty positive around energy prices during the course of this year. For example, we think Brent will average 98 a barrel given the supply and demand dynamics that continue to play out. When we look at Canada, we would expect growth to slow and inflation to moderate as the year progresses. We know that the Bank of Canada has been aggressive in terms of hiking interest rates. They're actually ahead of the curve, and you could argue now they're um, – Looks like they're going to be on a policy pause with interest rates at four and a half percent. Inflation we expect to continue to moderate. Got inflation in Canada down to around three percent in the summer of this year, then heading back towards that two percent target at the end of the year. So that's some good news there. Unemployment is very low, historically low actually in Canada, around five percent. Again, we think that will rise over the course of the next year and a half. We've got up to around about six and a half percent by the time we get into the second half of twenty. 2024. In terms of the growth profile, pretty lackluster, seven-tenths of one percent this year, maybe three-tenths of one percent as you look out to 2024. So you can see some uh, a bit of a sluggish recovery continue to play out. Ireland, of course, is very different. What an amazing year Ireland had during the course of last year, led the developed world growth of 12.2%. That's kind of a headline number, though. You've got to put that in some perspective. We know, of course, it is flattered by the inclusion of international companies and the profits that they make. But domestic demand was still strong. So if you strip that out, 
came in at 5.9%. We'd expect that to uh, ease back, as you'd expect, during the course of this year. But Ireland continues to look a, a fabulous place, uh, continues to thrive. You've got very low levels of unemployment, down at 4.4%. The fiscal position is very strong. We saw record tax receipts during the course of last year. Exports continue to rise. So I think uh, if you're looking at one place that can continues to look in good shape and has really been benefit, continues to be Ireland. The question, I suppose, for Ireland is their ability to continue to attract that uh, that uh, international investment and making sure that uh, these big international companies continue to, uh, to stay here and continue to be happy here. Very interesting. Hank Potts, thank you so much for joining us on the Ireland-Canada Connection. Great to be with you. Thanks to Hank Potts for that economic briefing. Thanks to you for listening. And for more podcasts, videos, articles and information about Ireland, Canada and the Ireland-Canada Business Association, just visit irelandcanada.com.